What a blessing to be here today, no? It is great to see your smiling faces. Although I can't see them, but I know they are smiling. You know, 50 days ago, this light of Christ was brought into an empty cathedral at the Easter Vigil. And it stood here for the past 50 days, reminding us that the darkness of our hearts has been filled with the light of Jesus Christ. The emptiness of the world's sin has been filled with the light of Christ's sacrifice, his death and his rising. The very heart of Jesus, like this candle, was made visible as he was completely consumed by love for us on the cross giving himself so, so completely. And because of the resurrection, his love has reshaped the whole world and has the power to transform us as you and I, as we embrace our call to bear his light to the world. You know, the culmination of the Easter season now leads us to celebrate this great solemnity of Pentecost in which the promised Holy Spirit was sent into the world. You know, the Holy Spirit was, came for three important reasons. There's many, but I'm going to give you three. The first one, it was the part, final part of God's plan of love as God completed his work of salvation and Christ's paschal mystery was brought to completion. The sending of the Holy Spirit allows this love affair, this love affair between God and each one of us to continue. It's a love affair. Is that how you experience it? Secondly, the Holy Spirit came so that Christ may continue to be present in the sacramental life of the church, and so that you and I may have forgiveness of sins. We heard that in the gospel today. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit came so that the work of Jesus, the mission of Jesus Christ might be continued. In other words, the body of Christ might be established here on earth so that his love, his love would be perpetuated until the end of time but now through her members, all of you, all of us. As we read the scriptures today, especially in the Gospels, we clearly see how Christ's whole work is in fact a joint mission with the Holy Spirit. As the Catechism of the Church states, and I quote, the entire mission of the Son and the Holy Spirit in the fullness of time is contained in this, that the Son is the one anointed by the Father's Spirit since his incarnation. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus does not reveal the Holy Spirit fully until he himself has been glorified through his death and resurrection. But little by little in his earthly life, we read the Gospels carefully, he alludes to the Spirit so, so often in his teaching. 
In the words of Pope Benedict, in effect, Jesus' whole mission was aimed at giving the Spirit of God to men and baptizing them in the bath of regeneration. This was realized through his glorification, that is, through his death and resurrection. Then the Spirit of God was poured out in a superabundant way, like a waterfall, able to purify every heart, to extinguish the flames of evil and ignite the fire of divine love in the world. I mean, how beautiful was that? What a great image we have here of the Holy Spirit. Like a waterfall able to purify every heart, to extinguish the flames of evil, which the world is filled with it, and to ignite the fire of divine love in the world. I want you to imagine yourself standing under this waterfall. Imagine yourself standing under this waterfall and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing down upon you. Imagine that. Right now, imagine that. But this is what happened on that day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the divine person of the Holy Spirit came to dwell in the human heart, came to dwell within human history. This divine person, the Holy Spirit, is the love, the deep, profound love that unites the Father and the Son and then comes to each one of us so that you and I may do the work of Christ. You know, the Spirit transformed a group of people enclosed in that upper room. They were afraid. But it transformed this group and made in, in, into conscious and courageous witnesses. Jesus came through the locked doors and he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He opened the disciples to the world, to his world, and gave them the courage and the strength to hold firmly to the love of Christ, facing the violence of their persecutors unafraid, and then stepping forward into public speaking of the mighty works of God. Cowards became men of courage because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It takes the cowardliness in of our own hearts and turns us into courageous witnesses. The spirit of the risen Christ became alive in them. What about us? Is the spirit of the risen Christ alive in us? Is the spirit of the risen Christ alive in you? You know, there's a beautiful story about one of the main, he was the main, one of the main leaders of the Second Vatican Council, Cardinal Soans. And he shares this beautiful and very human story of his experience regarding faith, his own personal faith in the Holy Spirit. He was a very dedicated and holy man of the church. In fact, his Episcopal motto was, in spiritu sancto, in the Holy Spirit. But he tells of a change in his own life that happened when he began to pray 
for a great release of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he said this, he said, you know, the Spirit had long been at the center of my life. I saw how Christians live, who took the Acts of the Apostles at its word, and this led me to question the depth and the genuineness of my own faith. Reflecting back upon what happened in the Acts of the Apostles, it led him to, re- to, to question the depth and genuineness of his own faith. And he said, as a result, I found that I believed in the action of the Holy Spirit, but in a limited sphere. He said, in me, the Spirit could not fall forth from the, could not call forth from the organ all the melody he wished. Some of the pipes did not function because they had not been used. So when he prayed for this great release of the Holy Spirit in his life, some specific changes came about. You know, he had firmly believed in the mysterious living presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but when he, pre- when he prayed for this new release, which we should all be praying for, and this release of the Holy Spirit, what he experienced at a deep level was the need, the need of the Holy Spirit to enlighten him, enlighten for him the face of the Lord Jesus, and to create in him in Jesus, were great with him, Jesus, a deep intimacy. He realized that more than ever before, the face of Jesus is indeed the face of the unique Son of God. He knew that the Holy Spirit had but one mission for him, and that of revealing the Son to him, and in the Son, the Father. He realized more intensely that Christianity is not an ism, but it's a someone. It's a someone, and that someone is the living Jesus, the word of life, who illuminates the darkness in our lives, leading you and me, all of us, to drink from the springs of living water. You know, if we think about it, Jesus is more present now than he was in his humanity. Jesus ascended not that he might be removed from us, that he might dwell with us more closely than ever before by sending the Holy Spirit. We too, all of us, have been given this same Spirit in its fullness. All of us. It's been given to everyone. The same spirit that these apostles received that we heard about today in the gospel, the same power, the fullness of it has been given to each one of you. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. This infinite, powerful resource of God's presence and love is within each and every one of us. But only to the degree of one's readiness to receive it. As St. Paul said in the second reading this morning, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but one, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them 
all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. You know, someone once said that the Holy Spirit is perhaps the most neglected inheritance in human history. The Holy Spirit is perhaps the most neglected inheritance in human history. It's like suffering in poverty, not knowing that our rich relative has willed us his vast fortune. The Holy Spirit is always available to us. You know, the Lord, the Lord has so much more to give to each one of us. Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. We only have to ask and seek and open the doors of our hearts. You know, the Catholic Church needs to regain the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in each of one of us through baptism, through our confirmation. How many of you got up this morning thinking about that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the voice that guides us through good times and bad times. The Spirit brings clarity. So if we're living a life of confusion, the Spirit brings clarity out of confusion. If there's disunity in your life, the Holy Spirit, unity is, he brings unity where there is division. If there's hate, the Holy Spirit brings love where there is hate. If there's sickness, the Holy Spirit brings healing where there is sickness. If you are weak, the Holy Spirit brings strength where there is weakness. If we live in some form of darkness, the Holy Spirit brings light where there is darkness. If we're living in the despair of the coronavirus, the Holy Spirit brings hope where there is despair. And I can go on and on and on and on. When the Spirit took over the apostles, When the Spirit took over, the apostles, the disciples went out and they turned the world upside down and established a church that has survived for over 2,000 years. Think about that. Inspiring billions of people to follow the way of Jesus Christ. This did not come about through money or massive building, but by the sheer power of the Holy Spirit working in simple men, women, and children. They fulfilled the prophecy of Jesus we find in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, my friends, the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that transforms this bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus and makes Jesus present among us today. The Spirit has been unleashed upon the world, and you and I, we are recipients of that gift.
Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. But with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. All things are possible. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in your heart of hearts with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible? Lord, help our unbelief. You know, we have suffered through Lent and Easter season, haven't we? Through the heart-wrenching pain of the darkness of pandemic. But we are people of faith, believing in a living, loving, and liberating God. So today, as we celebrate this great feast, we pray that the penetrating light of the Holy Spirit breaks through the darkness of pandemic to cleanse our world. But I would also like to extend an invitation to every one of you here, every one of you watching via live stream, wherever you might be. Friends, let us rediscover of being, of the beauty of being baptized in the Holy Spirit by asking the Holy Spirit to reawaken our hearts to the gifts given to each one of us in baptism and confirmation. These sources of grace that are always ever present to us. Those small embers that might be fanned into flames. Let us all renew this love affair, this love affair between God and each one of us. It truly is a deep love affair. And let us ask our Blessed Mother to obtain a renewed Pentecost for the church today, a renewed Pentecost for our diocese today, a renewed Pentecost for our families today, a Pentecost that will enliven in everyone the joy of living and witnessing the gospel. So my dear friends, let the new Pentecost begin. Come, Holy Spirit, come.